0: Welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I am actually on vacation when this episode comes out. My parents are coming over for a nine-day adventure, and I am so, so, so excited. They actually came to Germany once before when I was living here for a summer, and we saw the Meersburg and the Bodensee, Munich, and Salzburg, and now they get to see the life I've built here. So it's a little bit of a different trip than when I was just here for a quick summer. This is really my world now and I'm so excited to share it with them. And we're also going to be able to travel together. So there are a couple of places on our itinerary that I've never been to and I am so excited to go. I know I've said on other episodes how, you know, it's more my style and maybe I'd prefer it to just have people visit and stay the whole week where I am and show them my world here and really sink into the culture. But at the same time, I am so excited to really get to explore the world with my family. That's just the coolest thing. And you know, we traveled as kids, but it's just such a different experience living here in Germany now and getting to explore the rest of Europe with my parents, with our different perspectives and interests, and it's just cool to see it all come together for a really fun adventure. So I am hopefully off having the time of my life with two of my favorite people in the world. Shout out to you, mom and dad. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I'm gonna skip a week of releasing the show. Of course, I am on top of this, no worries. (laughs) As I teased at the end of last week's episode, this week's episode is all about what goes into the decision to move back to one's home country. So, of course, there's no one truth that goes for everyone, but this is one story from someone who I've been so lucky to get to know while she's been rocking the expat life, and I knew that she was planning on moving back to the United States soon, but I didn't really know how she made that decision. And I gotta say, as someone who loves a good data-driven decision, man... This really knocked my socks off. If you like a well-programmed Excel chart, you're going to love this. (laughs) And with that titillating detail, I'll hand it over to our guest, Aurora.
1: My name is Aurora Munoz. And I was born in Mexico, grew up in Dallas, Texas, and have been living in Freiburg for the past almost three years. I think in July, it'll be three years. But isn't July also, is that the official stop date too? No. uh, Well, yeah, the summer will be the the time when uh, my husband and I, Duncan and I, move back to the US. So in August, we were thinking, because I have um, my friend's wedding is august 31st in dallas and so it's like a pretty good you know ending we'll just move a little bit before maybe a week before and then have a party and then uh yeah figure out from there
0: yeah so this is like a this is a big thing some people move abroad and they know it's a two three-year contract whatever but that wasn't necessarily the case for you and duncan like sort of yes sort of no yeah
1: it was in the middle i think So Duncan and I moved here in the summer of 2016, one, because he got a job and two, because there was this master's program here. So I waited about six months before the master's program started. And then in the spring of 2017, I started the program and it's a two-year program. So come May, I will submit my thesis. And then in June 7th is my graduation. So that was going to be like a mark to see where we were. Like, do we want to stay a little longer? I mean, we knew we were going to be here at least two years because of my program. And also it's like a good amount of time for Duncan to to be at his job. And yeah, so we've decided to move back. It's nothing really against Freiburg. It's been mostly our inability to learn German. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it hasn't really been our fault 100%. You know, I've been gone because my, the, the nature of my master's program is that I was gone for a full year in non-German speaking countries. And so that was hard for me to come back to, to Freiburg in the summer of 2018 and still kind of, you know, be rough with my German. And my husband just hasn't really learned it much because he works all day. It's in English. And so that's been harder for us to build community. Uh, which is really important. I mean, of course, I've built it with my friends who are in my program, but they're all leaving as well. And I have met people outside of the program, but mostly they're American or other foreigners who we all speak English with. And something that's really important to me and Duncan is to be like pretty active socially, politically in the places we've lived. So that's been difficult. I mean, we have gotten involved with some organizations, but I know that I feel guilty, especially their migrant organizations. So I feel guilty making people switch to English when there are migrants there who, you know, have worked really hard to learn German. So that's been a big reason why we decided to move back. And also, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I want to, I feel comfortable again. Um, when we've gone back to the U.S. for holidays, it's like, oh you know, I don't feel like a bit of apprehension, something which is always, I mean, I feel it less now when I go to stores or something, I know exactly what's going to be required of me. But there's still some little bit of like, I get nervous when they ask me something. I didn't, I don't know what they're saying or what that word that they're using or that accent particularly or something like that. And when I go back to the US, it's like, nothing I mean I just feel completely comfortable and that's something that I think you really appreciate once you've lived abroad is that complete familiarity with your home that you'd no longer take for granted or maybe I won't take for granted for the first few months that I go back you know (laughs) before it becomes normal yeah exactly yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
0: do you think that your experience in your specific master's program impacted that that longing for familiarity because listeners might remember our guest Burley is also in your program and she explained that was
1: she, was she in the same place? She was in the era? same places as I was, yeah, yeah. So we were both in Argentina for a semester, about four months, and we were both in India for another semester, about five to six months. And yeah, that constant hopping from place to place was fun for a year. But then when I got here, when I got back to Freiburg, I just felt super tired. And then when I arrived back in Freiburg, none of my friends that I had spent that pretty intense year with were here it it was a bit sad and lonely I mean I had these other friends that I had made but after a year of being apart you know and having experienced so many different things it's like it's hard to jump back straight in as if I've just been on holiday for two weeks you know right so so yeah I think that this is it's a part of that program because everyone most people that you speak to who've done the program are like I just want to stay in a place for like three to five years and not move around as much. And I think that that place for me will be somewhere in the U.S.
0: When did it become clear to you that you were going to move away? Because I think for a lot of people, they come to this point and then they have this question of like, and the language is for a lot of people, the, yeah. the sort of deciding factor. And so it's either okay, enroll in classes and see what changes or commit to leaving. Yeah. And I don't, from, from knowing you, <laughs> I don't know if you really had that much of a Pull towards the take classes, make yeah. it work kind of thing. It seemed pretty clear. Yeah. Would you say that's true?
1: Yeah, I think when I came back from my studies abroad, I was pretty set. I mean, even throughout the the year of travel, I was like, oh, I'm really excited about going back to the U S. You know, I had a two week break in the United States. Um, Christmas between both semesters and I went to Michigan and just going to like a CD dive bar where the bartender was super nice to us <laughs> for no reason giving us free drinks like we're the only people there just some weird hockey on the tv and I was like oh I miss this you know even though I'm not from Michigan you know I'm from Texas culturally very distinct places but <laughs> but still I really enjoyed the warmth and then I went back to we were in Georgia just randomly because we had a really long layover and just people calling me sweetie and I don't know I just missed it so I think in that in the middle of that year I was like I really I think I want to go move back to the US and I think even before that with Donald Trump's election in 2016 was pretty significant moment for me and for my husband because we were here and we felt completely disconnected from the work that we had been doing in the United States. And that was something when we were both here the day after the election, we said, I really wish I was back in the US, which is something that many other Americans U.S. Americans living outside of the U.S. thought, oh, great, I'm not there. This is such a relief. But I really felt, I mean, I'm Mexican-American, I'm a migrant, and I have family who, like, could have been threatened or are threatened by Donald Trump's policies. So I felt like I really wanted to be there, yeah, fighting against it. So that was something that really was even, you know, we had been here for a few months, and then that happened. And then I felt like I was already being called back home to to take part in that work because I really, I mean, I was jealous of like people going out there and protesting, but I was also just scared of what could happen and I wanted to be there. Um, it's, it's that fear has lessened, I think, and the immediacy of like going back to the US for that reason has not subsided. It's still there, but I think it's less urgent feeling to me. Uh, because I've seen that there is a lot of work and there has been a lot of good uh, successes. In terms of resistance
0: and protests. Okay.
1: But that also makes me all the more excited to to go back because people have already laid out a really great foundation and it's kind of selfish of me. I'm like, okay, great, now I find some really good work that you that's already there, you know, it's been identified and stuff. So that's a really big pull. The culture, the ease is really a really big pull. And just being close to my family, of course, is a really big pull. Closer, you know, I think it's... And even though I, I don't plan to live super close to my family in Dallas, I don't plan to, to move back to Texas. I think just like the time difference, just being able to text my mother when she wakes up or something like that, or my friends being on chat groups and when they're active, which is like late in my night and I don't see it, that you kind of miss something there. So that's exciting for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I think even all like the little pop culture-y things, I think about that a lot recently where you'll be able to just say, oh yeah, I did see that thing on TV yesterday. Or, you know, you're just in touch with all that stuff that here, maybe if you worked really hard, you could find connections to that. But that experience of being live in the moment and having other people that are also experiencing that is it's just cool and it does make you feel more connected to your people when you can reference the same things.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, Game of Thrones is coming back on and I'm like
0: Gotta so sad
1: <laughs> that I, I mean, we're going to be here when it in, when it finishes because it's just like six episodes, but... Yeah, I can't watch it, like, when it comes on. And I'm gonna have to, like, really dodge some spoilers. And Can we just, like, edit this whole episode to make it so that the real narrative is, like, well, I'm moving back because of Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like, and Germany is six months behind any film, like, opening. And I love going to the movies. I don't know.
0: Yeah, valid yeah. reasons. Valid, valid. I'm like,
1: and I also miss like jalapeno like cheetos (laughs) can you please (laughs) yeah no these are this is real i mean i know i know i know that there are things that i'm going to miss about germany definitely like i'm already thinking about them like oh it's, it's like instant nostalgia when you make this decision to move i think even like to another city or to another neighborhood you're like oh no i'm gonna miss that bakery smell i mean In Freiburg, I'm going to miss being able to ride a little trolley, like a little tram. The train system in Germany. I think now I'm like having the nostalgia already. And my husband has created like a bucket list. This is why he's in Berlin right now. Even though last week we were in Italy and we're just like trying to... I'll be in Dresden soon. And we're just trying to get all our bucket list out of the way or what you know, done because... We haven't done it in the three years we've been here, and we said we would. You know, when you move, first move to Central Europe, you're like, I'm going to travel so much. It's just, like, I, so small compared to the U.S., of course, but, you know, you get caught up in daily life, setting up your home and shopping and on, on Saturdays because you can't shop on Sundays. And I'm really excited mm. to oh go
0: my God. Back. I can already see you texting us being like,
1: oh, what are you up to? I'm at the grocery I'm store like, on a Sunday. I'm cheetos girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will block you all. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so that's exciting. I mean, yeah, so it's kind of bittersweet. I'm super excited about it, but also already feeling the pangs of nostalgia.
0: How has it changed how you view... Freiburg um what do you mean like um I know these ways that were like I know for me when I decide that I'm leaving somewhere all the stuff that I noticed when I first moved there I notice again yeah so things actually. like noticing the steeples I, I remember so clearly being like never never take this for granted yeah you know or in Chicago is a better example because I did leave there I yeah. moved there and I, I my, my commute was taking the L into the city and then out again so the skyline was just rich and and so amazing to to look at, and I remember feeling so like, wow, yeah, like never ever take this for granted. And then it's the dead of winter, and you're miserable and stressed out, and you don't think about. I mean, right. I would just try to look, but I my my emotions weren't there. It was yeah. like yeah, I kind of hate everything in the world because I'm overwhelmed, right? Yeah. And then when I knew I was leaving again, it all came back. Yeah. It all was magical, and and I did appreciate it more. So I guess along those lines. Yeah,
1: I think. It hasn't happened so much yet because it's still a ways away, I think, like August for me. And I really, I think summer in Freiburg is magical and that's going to be really difficult because I've never been somewhere where I really enjoy the summer except for Freiburg. I was living in Texas before. I grew up in Texas, super hot. And then DC, super swampy. And then here it's just like almost perfect, you know, and that's going to be really difficult. I mean, even I was coming to your house today and there were these tourists taking pictures of the, the door, the like old city doors, you know? Oh, the, like the arched, um, the arched entrances into the old city. Yeah. There's tourists taking pictures and I'm like, what are they taking a picture of? And I'm like, oh, right. This is so charming. It's such a beautiful, cute little city. And I had that thought as I was like, the tram was going under them. And I was like, oh, adorable. And I I mean, when I first moved here, I would walk through all these little streets and just really appreciate it, stop at every shop and take a photo and send it to my mom. And now, yeah, it's been like, oh, here it is. And I think I have those feelings again when, uh, when I have visitors And then you take them around and you're like, yeah, isn't this adorable? But I I foresee that happening because it definitely happened when I moved from D.C. My favorite places and things that I love to do there just, you know, came back. And I thought, oh, I'm really, this is really going to be, yeah, hard to let go.
0: And how are you deciding where to move? Because you've implied that you're not moving back to Texas. Yeah. What does
1: moving to the States look like for you guys? It's... We we love lists. My husband and I love lists. (laughs) Which makes me think you must be great in Germany because (laughs) it's very organized. It's very organized. We love lists and list making. I'm not sure if like I always comply with the list. I just like (laughs) making the list. So that's maybe my 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 beefs with some German (laughs) attitudes. But, yeah, we've made a list of some of the places we want to move back to. Philadelphia is very high on my list because I went to college near there. I had my first year after college there. My professional life started there. So that was – it still, you know, has this um, sense that I, I, I lived there, but I didn't finish living there. It was very quick. It was a year. And so Philadelphia's on our list, Chicago's on our list, um, New York City's on our list, Washington D.C. again was on our list. Essentially, like, we have different criteria, so we created this Excel spreadsheet, we have different criteria for what makes uh, a place worth living for us. Both my husband and I ranked those specific traits, so some of it is like walkability, uh, another one is diversity, another is job opportunities specific to our fields the other is proximity to family the i'm just giving you the fullest i know i'm i'm loving (laughs) this i give me all of it yeah (laughs) the other is connections so it means either we have friends living there or like we feel or acquaintances that could become friends and the other is affordability and the seventh i think is proximity to nature so those are things that are really important to us. Oh, and the final actually is a uh, political scene. So, and how um, did
0: you come up with that list? I think that would be hard if I just posed the question to myself and my boyfriend like, what is important to you yeah. where you live? it's It's hard to it's hard to think of, First off, any, and then
1: I'm sure you start thinking of some and you think of like 20 things. Yeah. So how did you land on these eight? Yeah, it took us a few weeks to like, oh, so what do you want? And I said, I really want to live somewhere where I can walk. Like that's something, having lived my adult life in the East Coast and then coming to Europe, that's really important to me. I mean, in DC, I walk to work. I never really took public transportation. I don't know how to drive. And so that's something I'm willing to do is learn how to drive, but I really hate being in cars. I get car sick all the time. I hate being in traffic, all these things. So And so that's something that was really important to me. Of course, jobs, affordability, you know, all these types of things are important for everyone, I think, or proximity to friends and family are things that are uh, just normal. Like I know that those things you need to live a good life. But the other, it's just based on our on our personalities. I don't know. I mean, may, I think diversity is a diverse place I'm like thinking about okay then that means that there's going to be good food or you know so that also I'm not going to make that a specific criteria either because I assume certain things with that yeah
0: yeah that was going to be my, my question about specifically diversity and, and political
1: <clears throat> culture like what exactly do those two things mean yeah. to you and and to you both so we d- in our list making we so we each ranked them so we have different appreciate like I take diversity as being much more important to me than Duncan. So it's just like a point difference, but he takes maybe proximity to nature as much more important to him. So we ranked our those traits. And then we tried to find objective measures for each city that we were testing. Some of it was there there are like walkability or trans, or public transportation rankings in the United States. So we took that. But others are more difficult. So, for example, you can always find the percentage of white and non white residents. So, that was the measurement that we used. For example, but you know, of course, there's problems with that. If you go to places where it's like Atlanta, then it's not like super diverse, you would think. I mean, I think it's very diverse still, but you know, it's just like one ethnic group or another. But Regardless, I think that usually when you have usually around like a 50-50 split in um, ethnic diversity, then it means that there's more migrants and there's more, I mean, in big cities as well.
0: I was going to say with the cities you listed, pretty much yeah. all of them are yeah. diverse to cross a certain threshold. I yeah. mean, of course, that threshold is a personal mm-hmm. measure, but it's not like you're talking about smaller cities right. where it's more like, eh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I think like... We don't really have we had one place in in the West Coast but some places don't meet I mean I think like, oh this is gonna be great for this and then it's surprising that it wasn't. Uh, like walkability or something, they're not very I mean, obviously it's not very good in the West Coast as you as you move away from from the East. So
0: yeah. And what does the political part mean? Yeah, for so you that's guys?
1: that's much more subjective, I think, but it doesn't mean like an established like Uh, mayoral scene or city politics are already established I think that for me because I have a lot of activist friends it's much more about the energy on the ground of that work being done and so I know about Chicago for example they just had this uh, like runoff elections and all the work that went behind it because I have friends there and I I understand it. It's probably because of my friends who tell me Philadelphia is the same thing. You know, Dallas, it's less so. And maybe that's just because I have family that live there. So it's not the same information that I'm getting. So it's a bit more subjective, but it's, it's something that's like telling me Am I going to be energized or am I going to find already a community of people who are working on this? So
0: it's not necessarily that you're looking for a specific political ideology. It's just you're looking for places that are politically engaged and have, because I guess both of your fields or areas of interest go in the direction of political engagement.
1: Yeah, Or at least you can't neglect that part because I've been interested in health, migration and women's issues. Uh, in my professional life. And so all of that, of course, has to do with good policy. My husband also, he's more interested in uh, international work. That's what he's been working on. But I think when he takes on his activism, it's much more local. And it is around policies for um, environmental issues. And I should
0: also say he was also on the podcast, Duncan. Yeah, Yeah, I talked about um, voting rights for migrants. And that's also, you guys even here found ways to be politically engaged Yeah. Okay. I think that helps me at least understand more what you mean with... The political scene. Yeah. 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 Okay. And how... Okay. Did you give ranking to each category and then you voted? Yeah. So... How does this
1: work? (laughs) Yeah. So it was like each of us ranked the category. So let's say uh, out of one out of 10. Say that proximity to nature was like a six for me, like an eight for Duncan. And then we found that was, this was more, some of them were objective and subjective. So say uh, an objective one was like walkability. And for me, walkability is like a nine. For Duncan, it was like a seven. So then each of these, you multi, I don't know, it's just like kind of mathy complicated, but then you multiplied like the percentage of, like you ranked the walkability of each city. And then the the one that was most walkable got like number one ranking or number 10. I forget which one. And then you can multiply that more easily. So we did that. Yeah, yeah we did this that with great. affordability as well. And you can get this pretty open information about the median home price. And Philadelphia, among all those cities, is the cheapest, it's like $160,000 yeah, uh, for a home. I'm going to
0: just go ahead and say... Philadelphia's got a great case going for it. It Philadelphia. I know everybody. (laughs) Yeah, you know all of the people. (laughs) It has an airport that will easily connect you to either back home or for um, Duncan if he has to come back to work over here. It is a very easy commute to New York or D.C. Yeah. Its political scene is also very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting, and of course, P- Pennsylvania generally is a swing state, and so it's very important on the national scale. As well as, it's got some interesting stuff going on locally. It's very, it's it's fairly walkable. Yeah. I think it may rank. I don't know, may rank lower than some of the other places, but it's still walkable. It's very affordable for a city of its size and location. Um, <laughs> and then I can visit you all the time. Yeah. So
1: just say, <laughs> I know, my husband is currently like on a trip in Berlin with his friends. From grad school in DC, that he didn't. So they're all happened to be in Berlin and he went to spend the weekend with them, and they're all t- telling him to go to Detroit. So everyone is always just telling us, oh, did you think about what about Denver? <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is
0: what I was going to say. I'm also picturing this like movie in my head right now of like all of your friends and family located in these different places, just sort of like right. trying to woo you over being like, hey, what, you know, come to New York. We've got this and that. Like, and then your Chicago friends are like, but we just elected a uh, black gay mayor yeah. who no one thought had a chance. Right. Like, isn't that <laughs> chimpanzee? <cham-gy? laughs> no, it's definitely
1: this tug of war feeling. But it's it's really interesting because people are like, don't you want to find a job first? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think both are important, right? Obviously, you need a job to to live anywhere. But I, and I mean, this is something that I'm privileged in right now is that I can make a decision based on what I want my life to look like outside of work a bit. And then once I settle more, so I mean, I think I'll I'll do like our top three picks or something, and then I'll start looking for jobs there. I already know that I'm I'm flexible and I can I can work in a lot of places. You know, if of course if I want to work in international development, then D C or New York are the places that are that are for me. But when I think of your day to day life and what's gonna bring you happiness and ease in life, I you know, I'm I'm taking more into consideration than just a job. <laughs> and I take it
0: too that none of these cities that you've listed are
1: places that you're not that excited about, you
0: know, because I was going to be like, well, isn't there a category for like, if you like the place or not, or if you're excited about it or not, but I I guess you're excited about any of them, theoretically.
1: Yeah, we already, I mean, we had already made our own internal, no, yes, system for like, even having them on the list, you know, they were like our top picks. And then we wanted to see how they compared based on these other attributes that we found. And you
0: don't have you know, kids right now, you're not necessarily being pressured by a job. So you are in a different boat than a lot of people who have to move back and make that choice. But at the same time, I do think, I think that's something that interrupting your life to live abroad teaches you is that, you know, you're not on a linear path. And once you step outside of that, you have a clear view of what's important to you or not. And for a lot of people, they do then learn, no, job is really important to me. And then it's, then it's a priority, but it's an, it's a priority because you know that it is or other way around that you, you know that it's not. And so I think this whole idea of identifying exactly what is important to you or not, and then going from there is is really smart. And also you're doing it in such a data driven way that I'm like <laughs> geeking out over here. I think that's so great. Is it one of these like interactive Excel sheets yeah, where so, you change
1: the number? Yeah, Duncan made it so that, yeah, like if we, I mean, we haven't found new data, but if something changes, say that, oh, I'm okay with like, I can learn to drive and so my walkability ranking goes down, then it would adjust. It's still, I mean, it's, it's funny because my husband was like, New York, really? Like, I've never wanted to live there and I'm like, I've always wanted to live in New York City and not for like the glam—the <laughs> glamorous life, but you know these New York subway videos? I love these videos where it's like the randomness stuff is happening <laughs> in a subway and I want to live in the place Where people are cool with that. For example, there was this video I saw of this man carrying like a steel beam that is like, I don't know, like 50 feet long or something, super long. And he's carrying it on his shoulder, bringing it into the subway. And it's just this random man um, filming it and everyone is helping him the beam in the subway (laughs) car and they're holding it during the transit (laughs) just like oh well this is fine yeah not like like, happy friendly excited about it just like just like normal okay fine I'll help you (laughs) like sure I'll hold this um and I'm like I want to be there like I want to see this because I I mean I have had moments like this in Philly and DC too depending on which buses you ride um (laughs) but I, I think just like The New York subway (laughs) is just, I'm like, I want to see more rats in my life. I want more pizza rats.
0: I've got to say, though, now I'm going to make the case for Chicago because (laughs) they have the most rats per capita or per square foot or something like this. It is like a very, yep, we got a whole, way too many. It's actually a problem. I mean, some of them are rapid.
1: I think, okay, I don't want (laughs) too many rats, but rat life. I'm talking about like rat adjacent (laughs) life. Oh, oh. Whereas, (laughs) see, I think something that in Freiburg... Things are ideal like here. It's a great place to have a child where you know they're not going to be bitten by a rat. <laughs> but it's, like, super clean in this way that makes me uncomfortable. And D.C. was the same. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, where's the life, you know? <laughs> Sometimes around the – like, certain areas in D.C. are, like, too clean – where I feel like I'm in some kind of Truman Show type of situation. And Philly, I mean, Freiburg... Philly doesn't have
0: that problem. Philly does not have that problem.
1: Freiburg does. You know, you're like, oh, this is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. You're like, how are there no, I don't know, just like dry patches of grass here? Yeah. (laughs) Where's the decay? I know. Where's the people? Just like, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I advocate for littering, but... (laughs) It's just, I don't know, it has a certain grungy feeling about it, and I I really enjoy those places where people are, like, being really themselves out in the street. Yeah, yeah. And it's much more than, like, I think here it's, like, I'm not even going to look at you in the face, or I will stare at you. I don't know, there's, like, I I rarely see, maybe among teens here, I rarely see, like... This very loose feeling of living on the streets, which yeah. I really like, about about Latin America and about um, some cities in the U.S. So mm-hmm. I just I want some it. weird stories again. You yeah, know? yeah, I Tense get that. A bit. In D.C., this happened a few times where where I was riding in a bus and a man sits next to me and in the he's trying to flirt with me, but by texting on his phone. <laughs> what? Hey, girl. Like. So weird. And I was just not even offended because I knew this is a great story to say one day. And, so you think you're all that, huh? He texted this and would show me on their phone, but he wouldn't even look at me. And I just loved, I mean, it was weird, and but I didn't feel super threatened by it because it was like packed full. But it was just like amazing stories to tell. Yeah, a little and, flavor. Because yeah. then I, I, you know, you feel, I don't know, I feel like more free in the street walking around when you're not constantly like thinking, Oh, am I on the right side of the, am I walking in the right direction or like not on the bike path or, you know? Well, because in DC I was, I was working primarily with teens. And so I was really testing my makeup game (laughs) and I was wearing purple lipstick, like a lot of eyeliner, all these things. And so when I came here, I was still in that mood. And then I wore red lipstick. Okay. It's not even that of a outlandish color. I think red is very standard. And I wore this and I felt like just the entire city staring at me. In this way that in D.C., I, you, you can wear whatever you want. I mean, people have the most amazing, outrageous sense of style. And I really miss that, too. And Philly, it was, too. You know, it's just like wear whatever you want. There's like shoelaces in your hair. Like <laughs> Philly is like the weirdest. You've got black people. lipstick on and yeah. like weird contacts in. <laughs> And you're good to go. (laughs) I feel like
0: the percentage of like the weirdos per capita is especially high in in Philly for whatever reason. It's bizarre, but I like it. It does give you that feeling that you can be whoever and however you want to be in that moment. And so now at this point, is the plan you take the top three and apply to jobs in these places and mm-hmm. go from there?
1: Yeah, I think so. We had several ideas. We're like, we'll do a, a long road trip throughout the U.S. and stay in some places and then feel it out. And that could be cool too, but I, but my husband will be continuing to work with the company he works with here in Freiburg. And so I'm not sure how much time he can do that for. So it's still a little murky. Like, I don't know about the time frame. I know we'll spend – I'm thinking maybe we'll spend a few – Weeks with my family, some weeks with his family, and then go and settle wherever we're meant to go. But yeah, for now, I'm applying to a few things in the top few. I mean, if something comes up that I think, oh, wow, this is amazing, and it's within those cities, then I'll apply right away, even if we haven't made... top choices yet Mm -hmm. but I was waiting for a month just because I think it's too soon to be applying to jobs that I'm gonna get in September you know so well
0: cool I'll be really excited to see where this whole thing takes you and I think it's gonna be really fun to to wrap up the last couple months of your life here because I I, in Chicago I had the same feeling when I knew I was leaving I did so many of the things that I wanted to do not all of them but but so many more and it really is I think, a very special time. And there are some times in life where you don't know it's your it's your last right. X amount of time there. Yeah. So I'm glad that you guys have that. And I'm glad that you're already on it, taking advantage of it. And, yeah. and I'll be excited to to come along for the ride when, <laughs> when you're doing things around Freiburg. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so with that, we're going to round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to answer them without thinking it, overthinking okay. it. Just go with your gut. Okay. Ready? Yeah. What is your favorite place that you've taken a train to? Antwerp. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I think that? Yeah. Go with it. Okay, great. (laughs) What is your go to ice cream flavor? Pistachio. You are also part of the group with uh, Jenny from a couple episodes ago who watched The Bachelor. With yeah. me the past couple months mm. who was your favorite
1: tasia. contestant tasia. why are you asking this tasia, <laughs> tasia obviously <laughs> we need revenge for tasia or what hashtag um revenge <laughs> for tasia, tasia. <laughs> yeah she was my favorite I'm although fine. i had now after the women tell all um what was the one whose mother was in prison demi demi Ah, she was a close contender just because she's again she, you can talk about her you know she's yeah. a hoot
0: yeah I'm sure she'll be back in the yeah, Bachelorette universe yeah, yeah. you're gonna be around I think by the by the time that Bachelor in Paradise is airing and I'm very that I think excited. it's in May that, that's the no? Bachelorette oh okay which we'll definitely be able to oh, watch whoa, whoa, together whoa. Yeah. Demi will for sure be on Bachelor in Paradise where they take all the rejects and just yeah, put yeah. them on a, a beach I think and... Tasia
1: will be too do you think? I hope so yeah I hope so so I'm hoping don't treat her I'm... like a reject she's a gem
0: she will own that beach she deserves <laughs> she... to have the choice revenge <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
0: right, and if you're moved back home by the time it starts airing, we'll just have to text aggressively about oh. that. And now you'll have the reverse problem that we yes. talked about earlier.
1: I'll have some spoilers, maybe. Oh God, no! If you <laughs> spoil the pastor, you're end. like, you're <laughs> out of that chat group. <laughs> done. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm happy to have done this.
0: If you're interested in the spreadsheet that Aurora talked about, she actually shared it with us so that we could share it with you. If you look in the show notes, you will find a link to a Google spreadsheet where you can see how Aurora and Duncan formulated their criteria, and you can sort of play around and see if you can find something that works for you if you're in a similar situation and making a similar choice. Which, speaking of, if you are currently in the process or you have previously made the choice to move back to your home country, that's super interesting, and I would love to hear how you came to that decision. What made you decide that it was time to move back? And what made you decide where you would move back to? Let us know on Instagram and or Twitter at The Expat Cast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And hey, tell a friend about the show. Thank you as always to my partner in life and in podcasting, Gordon Eisenach, and to Amy Lungi Art for the logo. Thanks to Side Hug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week on the show, we go from the end of one's expat journey journey. journey all the way back to the beginning. And we talk with someone who is just coming out of the terrible, terrible rut that is the first couple months of life abroad. Until then, have a great week.